cliffcentral.com. All right, so it's going to be okay with Dr. Hanan, uh, is what we do on a Monday. If you have a, a, a particular problem in your life that you would like to deal with, then you may do that by sending us an email. Uh, send it to contact at cliffcentral.com. Here is Dr. Hanan, who is joining us this morning. Uh, he's got another. But when do you do you actually close down over December? Do you get a break? Yeah, I'm uh, closing down on the 17th. I'm going away on the 21st if uh, interprovincial travel is allowed. Yeah, I think you, that that should be fine. But it must be annoying for you because you might even – do you have some kind of a rule with your patients that they're not allowed to call you while you're on holiday? Uh, I'm one of those therapists that I, I do make myself available. Oh. They're going to call me anytime, and people do respect those. Uh, people respect natural, you know – Compassionate and uh, appropriate boundaries, so it kind of works out. It's okay. Thank God. If they don't, if they don't appreciate those boundaries, you have to cut them loose. <laughs> See, that's Just drop we, them. That's what we were talking about this morning. All right, so Doctor Hanan, it's this time of year when people are getting together for the holidays, but it's not always festive, and there are often clashes between family members. It's something that's come up in our discussions before. So today we're joined by Sarah, and that's not her real name, but we're going to uh, ask her to explain her story. I'm also going to keep her anonymous so her camera's off. But Sarah, you've got you've got a, a tricky family situation, and you want to ask Dr. Hanan how you're going to deal with this. So I'm going to put Sarah on. There's no there's no picture, but we can hear her. So Sarah, go ahead and tell us what the story is with you and your family situation. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Um, In light of what you spoke about this morning, this really is not meant to come across as a victim issue or woe is me, but Mm -hmm. more about what is the best way to handle a frosty stepmother who came into our lives 18 years ago, uh, pretty much the day my mother died and has managed to impose her incredibly toxic, abusive, revolting, um, tricky personality onto both my sister, myself, even my father, um, family, friends, and her children. Um, We managed to see her and my father probably once a year. Um, don't live in the same city that we do. Yeah. My sister also lives abroad and doesn't want to come back to South Africa to see her or my father. Uh, at the moment, everybody is in the same town for a family wedding. So Captain Frosty is here. Um, my sister is here. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens with, with her having to stay here or being able to fly out. Um, and I think the real trick is she's here for a week. We mm-hmm. have to see her with my father. Mm-hmm. She'll be back with my father over Christmas. And it's the first time that our families are spending Christmas together in over 10 years. Wow. Um, so, so how do we handle her and without getting triggered by her really petty, um, pretty much passive aggressive nature? She sounds horrible. So, so, I, I just sorry, Doctor Hanan. I, just, I, need, I need a little bit of a description here. So, she sounds like a really horrible person. Is she? Is she outward? You say passive aggressive, but is she, does she make everybody around her unhappy? 
I mean, what's the what's the motivator here? Does yeah. she like being in control? Is she? What's the story? I just need to understand. It's such, a, it's such a weird thing because, I mean, before she came into our family setup, we had quite a happy family. Hmm. I mean, we could rip each other off. Nobody took things seriously. Nobody sweated the small stuff. Everybody's personality was accepted. It was a really good situation. Um, and now we have to walk on eggshells. I don't understand why my father is with her. I'm obviously missing something. Hmm. It's either that or I'm starting to wonder if he's into abuse. Hmm. Um, but she's, yeah, so to answer your question, she has managed to sever relationships that my father and my mother had for years. Hmm. She's unable to have relationships at this stage with one of her daughters, um, and that's recently ended, and with my sister and I. Sure. Uh, my father often says, Look at what she's done. Isn't this lovely what she's done? Have you thanked her? Um, Which obviously is not something we really want to do. So I don't understand how she gets away with so much power and how she has this ability to almost make you feel quite nervous about stepping out of line and actually just saying to her, who the hell do you think you are? I think because you know after that. Why do you have to uh, walk on eggshells around her? What's the reason? Have you ever tried um, speaking up when what had what happened when you did? Yeah, so there was def- there's been a few times. I think every single time I've been in her presence for more than three days, it's been incredibly testy and there's been very heated exchanges. And that's not really who I am and, and who my family are. But about six, was it four or six years ago, um, my husband and I arrived on Christmas Day to see my father, and she was there. And we got an incredibly icy welcome. Um, she left as soon as we arrived to go visit a neighbor, uh, looked down on us. And I went for a walk with my husband and said, I think we need to leave. And he said, cool, I'm, I'm happy. Let's do what you need to do, but I'm not staying in this house. Um, we, I went back to the house. I said to my dad, I wanted to speak to him. I asked him, which has been, this is probably the 10th time that I've asked him to please stand up for me when she speaks to me like that. And why doesn't he stand up for me? And he just goes mute. And we got in the car and left and he was shock horror. Why have you done that? She turned around and told me how selfish I was for doing that. And I said, maybe she should look at herself because she's pretty much the selfish person. And we never spoke for whatever, four, six years after that. We still don't speak. I'll tolerate her. Um, So that's kind of what happens. When we do speak up, it becomes incredibly testy. Uh, She has a mood swing. My father goes mute and goes into her defense. So if your dad was, if, if your dad was in this conversation with us and I asked him, so what do you feel about her? I mean, he's been with her for 18 years. He would say she is what? I ask myself that all the time. You obviously Maybe she made some good food. <laughs> she she certainly adds value to his world, right? I mean, that's why he's with her. Because if she didn't add value, whatever that is, he wouldn't be with her. Tell me, what's your relationship like with your dad? Um. So there wasn't much of a relationship growing up. Um. He just worked all the time. When my mom died, I think he realized that he had to start having relationships with us. I'm quite open, so I would start sharing lots of stuff with him. He just goes mute. Um, 
So the relationship now is he calls a lot. We don't see each other that much, maybe once a year, as I said earlier. Um, it's, I mean, I, I love him and I feel really sad for him. So I think the way that I approach him is I'm always trying to make sure that that he's happy or, um, you know, checking in with him. Is everything going all right? But he just keeps referring or deferring back to kind of being on her page. And, and I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but it's it's almost as though the conversations that come from him have, have got her thinking behind it, which is just so strange and just so not my father. And how long are they coming down for now? So they'll be down for a week now, and then in three weeks' time, they'll be back for Christmas. And how long is that for? Another week. Another week. So look, so this is this is what I think. First of all, as I said now, she obviously adds some value to your dad's world. Um, as a as a sum total, there's plus for him. She does something. Whether he needs somebody, maybe since the loss of of your mom, and I'm just assuming maybe he needed somebody to control the situation. He needed somebody to pilot his world, and she seems to be a controlling person, and he seems to hold on to that. You know, that's what a lot of time happens when somebody goes through turmoil. They don't lean on weaknesses. They overcompensate and they lean on overly strong, overly controlling overly demanding people that put you in line and uh, if we had to have the opposite for him and i've seen this a lot at least in my practice if for example your dad listened to you and he said you know what i'm gonna let go of this because i can do better a lot of the time sarah a lot of the times they actually fall apart because they need that stability in their life now, i'm not saying she's in the long run healthy for him but in the short run you know, it's like a drug addict. You know, if a drug addict is 85 years old and they've been smoking, let's just say, 20 cigarettes a day and it's unhealthy for them, if we tell them to quit now, they actually get worse. So sometimes we kind of say it's the lesser of the two evils. Mm -hmm. But what I would say for you is, you know, sometimes life puts you in a position where you have a choice between good and good. In other words, whatever you choose, you're going to gain. And sometimes life puts you in an even easier position where you have a choice between good and bad. And the contrast is so stark that it's just an easy decision to choose where you would win, where you would gain. But sometimes life puts you in a position where you have a choice between lose and lose, terrible and disgusting, horrible and despicable. And you have to choose, you have to make a choice where you would not win, but rather lose less. And in this case, obviously you love your dad. Obviously you want the best for him. And you see in the long run, perhaps this is not ideal for him. But the choice that you have is speak up, set boundaries, and there's conflict. Or don't speak up and don't set boundaries. And obviously you feel that sense of despair for your dad. So either way, you're going to lose. You're, there's a cost to it. My suggestion to you is pick a God to serve. Pick a God to serve. Because you can't serve, you know, I want what's best for my dad. And at the same time, I want what's best for me. You can't because that means you're going to be sitting in limbo. You're going to sit on the fence. Hmm. My advice to you, and this is very, very superficial based on our seven-minute conversation now, mm -hmm. is to accept if you, if you value your relationship with your dad, then at least he's coming for a week and another week. It's two weeks in total. Let him leave knowing that there's peace with his children. 
let him leave knowing that there's that you don't necessarily support what he's doing, but at least there's no conflict and he doesn't feel that you're against what he's doing. So if I were you, I would just kind of grin and bear it for the next week and at least just service the God, the God um, of having a making sure that your dad's decision or just following or supporting your dad's decision and smiling and all grinning through it. Mm. So I wouldn't fight. I wouldn't set boundaries. Mm. I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't conflict. I would just act as though you want your dad to be, well, I'm assuming you do, you want your dad to be happy in the next two weeks. It's just two weeks cost. for It's a little cost to to gain benefit in the long run. Grin and bear it, in other words. Grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. Just, yeah. Sorry. I I think that's pretty much been the way I've been operating for 18 years. Um, But what what starts to happen is that you just start sucking up and keeping quiet when quite rude statements get made or snide remarks get made. Hmm. And I think that at a point you, you just you know, do you just carry on accepting that? Um, and I well, suppose it becomes quite tough to to figure out what, what is the, the best of the two evils. So so you, you know what? The, again, what you have to accept is two things. Number one, that there is a cost to whatever you're going to choose. There's no perfect solution. Yeah. Perfect solution is your dad making a, perhaps a better decision for himself and the whole family in the long run. But it is what it is. This is what's going on, and we have to work around it. I just want to know. And what sorry, I would say can I, to you can is I that just ask what, what kind of things does she say to you? I mean, how horrible is she? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I see your daughter doesn't know how to pack a dishwasher. Oh, oh. That kind of shit! Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like these these nasty remarks, I see it so often. You know, guys, it's like it's a kind of underhanded remarks that you know take a dig. They just yeah. are so finely tuned to a take a dig. What a bitch! But Sarah, I want I want I want to tell you that you there's obviously the fact that your dad is not making a move. There's a cost. And the cost or the fact that your dad's not setting boundaries, there's a cost. And the cost is to your relationship with him. He is, he's gone to bed knowing that or not knowing that by him not standing up to his wife, it affects his relationship with his daughters. So what I would say to you is create natural distance. You don't have to be nasty. You don't have to be horrible. You don't have to be, you don't have to engage in conflict, but create natural distance, which you naturally have. You see your dad once a year between you and your dad and the relationship is healthier but it's much more superficial that's the cost but what i want you to accept is that there's no perfect solution you are marrying a god you're service serving a god but obviously the other gods that you wish you could have served is actually not being fulfilled and that's okay and that's okay well, somebody says here, Carl says, shame. Sarah is the only person who is disappointed that the president didn't ban interprovincial travel. <laughs> and then, and then there's a very, this, I know this isn't, uh, we're trying to be sensible here. And thank you, Dr. Hanan. But Corona's Boring says, I've got a friend who had a grandmother like that. His uncle pushed her down the stairs. I thought it was a bit cruel until I met her. Justified. He should have used a lift shaft. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh wow! No, I love that. I mean, my sister's conversation to me. I think the last time they spoke, which was probably eleven years ago, mm. 
she said to my sister, I know I'm not your mother. I know I'm not. And my sister went intelligent. <laughs> and she said, I was going to say, well, rich. Oh. And my sister said, you know, I think intelligent is the word you're looking for. Oh, wow. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Mm. yeah, you can actually have fun with it if you think about it. Entertain yourself. True. Pretend. So, so in other words, what Dr. Hanan is saying, like, pretend you are uh, some kind of intermediary between, you know, like, like the, the, the various powers in World War I. Uh, go back to World War I and you have to make it, you have to stop the war from breaking out. That's pretty much your job over these two weeks that you're going to be around them. Just stop the war from breaking out. I'm just saying don't put pressure on yourself to find a perfect solution to this Rubik's Cube that where there isn't a perfect solution. There's a cost for whatever you position you take. And if I were you, I would smile, grin, and bear it. I would try make your dad leave go, thinking, even though it's, it's a completely false thinking, oh, my God, things are peaceful. Then you've won the battle. And then, yeah. obviously, the cost is to create that natural distance between you and your dad, but that's a natural cost. Well, our audience have lots of other solutions. Robin says poison. <laughs> poison is the only solution. <laughs> I 100% agree. Oh, no. Sadly, says Tracy, there are no winners here. Yeah, I'm afraid that's about Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. You, Absolutely. You, you that's know, quite right. Doc, you're not you're not always going to be able to find a perfect way out of things. And sometimes it is too complicated. So you just have to choose the path of least resistance or the path of least damage. And I Absolutely. suppose Absolutely, that's quite right. I suppose this is the, the advice for today. So there are lots of people saying, Oh, but come on, Doctor Hanan, it sounds like you you're just putting up with this stuff and you shouldn't have to put up with it. But I, I think, you know, we don't know all the details, but from what Sarah's saying, this woman is a terrible, terrible thunder bitch. And you just don't want to, you don't want to be, you don't want to add, you don't want to pile on pressure on your poor dad. He's probably, you know, absolutely. He, he probably feels it. And frankly, I mean, you know, let him, let him at least spend the majority of his time with her not having to worry about the conflict. That's the key. That's the key. You know, like you don't want to be a cowboy here. Like, of course, it would be a lot more entertaining for me to come on and say, just tell you to get your dad to get divorced and, yeah. you know, uh, push right back against her. Yeah. And all the audience will go, yeah, you go to, you know, Dr. Yeah, Hanan. Sure. But the truth is, I don't believe it. I think, I think the, Sometimes, as I said, life is a bit too complicated to find a perfect solution to everything. And there's a cost to this, and that's the cost. So at least satisfy and make sure that your dad leaves feeling a little bit of peace in his heart, especially since you have a good relationship with him. That's, yeah. that's what I think. But maybe, I mean, there Thank is this, so Sarah, that just before we let you go, because we've got like a minute left of this, um, Robin says, make your dad put his money in a trust. That's very important. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's done. That's good. Okay. Uh, then Excellent. someone saying, give her gentle inflatable says, give her a laxative in her spaghetti sauce as revenge. That could be fun. Of course, ideas. Don't let it. Yeah. These are good ideas, but of course these do not come with uh, Dr. Hanan's stamp of approval. Yeah. I would try to have, like, you've got me thinking now, how, how legal is it to spike someone's food with stuff? Uh, Mary says, I would try to have fun with this. She thinks I cannot unpack a dishwasher. Well, let me show you how I can't even take the dishes to the kitchen. Uh, I would be such a slob and annoy her to no end. Wow. Okay. Well, lots of lots of good and not such good reactions. Spike the punch. Um, maybe she'll have a personality when she's drunk. Does she improve when she's drunk? Is that something she does? Pardon? Does she? Improve when she's drunk. 
No, no, no. And she's she's not small. Oh, so she's she, lost. Oh, and she's she has not a small person. woman, you'll know. So she's a no. big, big nasty person. Okay. Yeah. A, a, a drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. So alcohol never makes anyone better. Yeah. She's like the sober. Wow. Anyway. These uh, these messages are not uh, backed up by my personal endorsements. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Yeah, thank Definitely you. Not. Thank you, Dr. Hanan. Just distance <laughs> yourself from these comments. I agree. All right. Thanks so much, Sarah. I'm sorry. I hope Christmas is bearable for you. And, um, you know, there are going to be those moments where you can look at your husband and laugh about what she's just said and, and kind of just smile at each other in the kitchen while she carries on Absolutely. in a cycle of misery. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Right. Dr. Hanan, we'll see Thank you next you. week. Good stuff, Sarah. Thank you. See you then. Bye, guys. All right. Cheers.